Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. My name is Les Vogler, uh, part owner of Nebraska Bowl Service, Vogler Seaman Center, Vogler Cattle. Uh, just a couple quick updates. Uh, currently out at Nebraska Bowl Service as we speak here, uh, the 1st of August. Got approximately about uh, 82 bulls standing in the stud right now. Uh, production has been good this summer. We've had uh, It's been pretty hot here the last though the last couple weeks and continues to be that way but uh the bulls are well uh, well taken care of out there and production production is good uh i would suggest to some of the people just pulling their bulls out you know off of a pasture right now getting them ready maybe thinking about bringing them into the stud uh go ahead and get you know i would suggest uh maybe give those bulls uh you know pour them good get them uh you know, uh, clean them up with for worms uh, with whatever you use, and maybe a shot of multi-min, kind of get them, uh, get them, get them going so they start producing really good when they come in, so we don't uh, take too much time get them started for you. Uh, back in Ashland uh, with Vogler cattle and uh, Vogler semen, uh, we are just kind of starting to uh, wean calves right now, getting them their pre uh, pre conditioning shots, uh, get them pulled off of cows. Uh, we're a little shorter on grass back here in the southeastern part of the state. So we're going to go ahead and pull them calves off, uh, get the cows all preg checked, and anything that is not pregnant, get rid of them just due to uh, the feed supply in, in our particular area. So uh, on today's episode of The Bullpen, i got two really uh, superb guests, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, IVF, particularly with Bovitech. So sit back, uh, take a listen to The Bullpen, and enjoy. Today's guest with me in the bullpen, uh, Dr. Chantel Cruz from Bovitech and Kane Agater, who was uh, just started with Bovitech uh, a couple months ago. Welcome. So, Chantel, you want to go ahead and give us a little background uh, about yourself and, and maybe introduce uh, Kane to everybody? Sure. Um, I originally, um, I'm from Tecumseh, Nebraska, and was fortunate enough to grow up around a lot of good cattle. And that led me to my role of making more of the good ones to really simplify that. Um, my role is a director of business development for North America for Bovitech. So um, we work with vets across the U.S. and Canada, Um essentially making sure that they can send us the best quality oocytes to make the best quality embryos and ultimately the highest pregnancy rates possible. Um, Kane, I'll let you give a little bit more detail on yourself, but um, Kane started with an, as an intern with us two years ago. He's originally from Seward, Nebraska, so I got an opportunity to see him kind of grow up in the show ring a little bit as well and um, really was able to kind of follow what he did and was always kind of impressed with his ability to to speak with others and his positive attitude and his ability to kind of persuade others. So we thought he would be a great addition to the team in the beef sales role. Um, Kane, if you want to talk a little bit kind of about your background and how you got started with us, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for that, Chantel. And thanks for having us here today, Les. Yeah. And 
yeah, just like Chantel said, I'm from Seward, Nebraska. Originally grew up on a shorthorn, shorthorn plus cow-calf operation. And uh, where I may be new to the team full-time, I've been with the Bovatech team as an intern for the past two summers. So had that opportunity to work hand-in-hand, go to a lot of the national shows, um, whether that's Shorthorns, Key Mains, Herefords, Simmental, and Angus went to all of them and uh, really got to branch out and get to explore and then officially got the extended offer to join the team full-time here uh, and started that in May. So the process has been awesome. It's fun to uh, come on board after uh, attending Oklahoma State and uh, just excited to be a part of Team Blue, Team Bovatech. Awesome. <laughs> So, so Kane, I mean, a lot of your growing up, you, you mentioned the junior nationals and stuff. So how has that kind of molded you, you know, as far as your showing career with cattle and stuff into, into the position you have now? Definitely. That's a really good point. And I, I'm young in age. I'm only 22. But yeah. uh, the matter, fact of the matter is by the time I was eight years old, I could have a show stick in my hand and I could go in the ring and uh, – show my animal but it goes way back to the barn starting in the barn starting with my folks um i got two great role models and my mom and dad and they made sure to kind of just express the absolute value that it is coming in from the show world um you learn a lot of life skills in terms of responsibility respect you learn your people skills you make a lot of connections going to all these shows and being inside and outside of the show ring so as much as it's been good to connect with those people and network and and meet a lot of people in the industry it definitely prepared me for things that I do later in life such as things I do now with Bovatech. Right, right. Awesome. Awesome. So Chantel, maybe you want to I mean as far as far as Bovatech and stuff uh why should I mean people doing the IVF uh, why should we choose why should they choose Bovatech? Sure. So I think um kind of interesting that Kane kind of tied in the start in the barn aspect. So when we think about it from a show cattle perspective, or you think about these elite purebred producers that, you know, I mean, these are the people who are going to kind of check every box to ensure that they're doing everything right along the way so that they end up, you know, with the best, you know, whatever it is at the end of the day, right? Is If they're raising bulls, it's the best bull. If they're hitting the ring with a show heifer, you know, it's the, it's the best um, opportunity to present that animal. So I think Bovatech's values really align with in that regard and that, that we are very individualized. We touch every kind of aspect of things and we're ensuring that we do that right. So um, when we think about it from the beginning on the donor side of things, um, so we actually customize each simulation schedule. We don't blanket treat everything. So when we work with a group initially, I mean, we'll have some general specs for what we do based on that donor's age and breed. Um, but beyond that, after we do that, the, the veterinarian at collection is going to count those follicles, get a good gauge of the size, really look at that follicular wave. When those oocytes are handed over to the, to the technician, the technician is going to evaluate those and look at those cells and basically see how expanded they are or not. Um, then at the lab, our technicians are going to have some comments as well. So actually part of Kane's role, and we work with uh, a dairy sales specialist as well, Riley Zettel, and the two of them work together to kind of give feedback on each individual donor stimulation to say, hey, how can we tweak this to make it better the next time? So whether that's moving, you know, from six shots to five shots, increasing the dose, 
increasing or decreasing the time from the last shot to the time that they're aspirated, all those things of just really optimizing that donor um, go into all of um, making a great oocyte that will eventually make a great embryo in a pregnancy. So we really look at things in a lot of detail from the donor side of things. Um, the next piece of that is really dialing into the bull side. So um, we have a lot of experience in working with the three different types of semen. Uh, so we can work with conventional sexed or reverse sorted semen. And again, we're going to handle each of those bulls in a separate and unique way as well. So um, each bull basically has different conditions that make them most optimized to get the highest rate of normal fertilization possible. Um, and if we don't have good information on a bull, we can actually test it. So we've got access to a slaughter plant there in Green Bay uh, where they're killing cows and we grab those oocytes and we can actually test on those oocytes. Let's say we know it's a three-year-old Angus bull generally works best at condition B. So we're gonna test them at A, B and C and we're gonna cherry pick those conditions that work best for that bull. And again, I always tell guys like, I'd much rather do an experiment on slaughterhouse oocytes than yeah. on your donor's oh, oocytes yeah. um, <laughs> if we have a new bull. So um, that's really an advantage in terms of working with us on, again, really optimizing that bull. And even right. if we have used a bull um, a few times, we also will, um, at the step of evaluating cleavage. So basically we go in and we see what has begun normal cellular division and we sort off those that have begun to cleave and those that haven't cleaved in pretty much every other lab will go in the trash. Um, at Bobatech, those uncleaved oocytes actually get stained and that tells us a little bit more of the story. So did we have um, unfertilized did we have normal, did we have polyspermia? So basically unfertilized says that those, we didn't get those sperm cells essentially excited enough to fertilize. If we have poly, that means we got them kind of too excited. So from there, we're able to so, dial in further. Sorry, but that's, that's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> that's that, you know, um, I can make sense of that. So, so <laughs> basically again, optimization individualization of both the donor and the bull side of things. Um, and then when we think about our media as well, so we've designed um, basically a suite of medias. And I say we should be giving uh, credit to Christian uh, Vignon in Canada, led a lot of those efforts. But essentially our media, um, instead of having a single culture step, so they're in maturation, they're, they're fertilized and then they go into culture. And um, a lot of our competitors just have a single culture media that they'll be in for six days. Um, and actually at Bovatech, we have a three-step culture media. So basically it's designed to mimic the oviduct, the early uterus and mid uterus. And because we're more closely matching what the cow would be doing in vivo, um, we're better able to create an embryo that looks more like um, an in vivo embryo. And Less, I know um, we had the experience of before we went to Bovatech kind of talking about how freezable beef embryos really could be at right. that time. That was seven years ago. Mm. Um, and I went and uh, sat down at a scope at Bovatech and um, saw a gorgeous plate of embryos. And I said, ah, you're just showing me the most beautiful things that you have in the lab. Show me another plate. And the next plate was better. Um, and I probably for the first two weeks of Ovatech, all I wanted to do was look at embryos because I couldn't believe um, the difference from what I had known previously, uh, an IVF embryo to be to what Bovatech was doing. Um, 
And then kind of the, the final aspect there is because we're making an embryo that is more like an in vivo embryo, um, we're better able to freeze those embryos. And I would say with confidence um, that we have the best preg rates to our yeah. frozen embryos in the yeah, industry. Yeah, I would attest to that. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead, Kane. you have anything you want to add to that or? It's hard to top that. It is. It is very hard. It is very hard. Chantel, kind of going back, if you don't mind, on a couple of these, I actually brought in some, I mean, we work with Bovatech quite closely at Vogler's. We're an an oocyte uh, pickup center, and and we did some of our own heifers, and I brought in some of the results. And just to kind of go back to what you're talking about, how maybe we tweak things a little bit as we're going along, and these were, uh, folks, these are 10-month-old heifers that we did uh, back in, December, then we redid them again in January. Uh, and just going back, the first one here, and I just I just grabbed a couple randomly. The first one we did uh, towards the end of December in 2020, we fertilized 20 oocytes, but we ended up with two embryos. Okay. Maybe a little bit below average, not the best. So what did we do? The team at Bovatech and Dr. Clem Neely that work with us at Vogler's, uh, we tweaked that heifer a little bit. Uh, and I can't remember exactly. I don't have that with me, Chantel. I think we maybe changed her shot schedule and in, in the coasting time on her. And so the next time we did her, there were uh, we fertilized twenty nine oocytes and froze eighteen. Pretty good improvement, go. right? So that goes that goes in, in the same bowl each time. So it goes. I mean, that's that's one heifer, and then we did another one. Uh, and her the first time, we uh, had sixteen oocytes. Uh, fertilized eight and actually uh, froze eight. So that, you know, it's pretty good, pretty average. You're not thinking, you know, can't really don't, can't expect to get much better. Well, the next time we fertilized 25, there was 19 viable embryos and we froze 18. So once again, that tweak schedule, not from doing the heifer just once, we improved. And, and folks, don't forget, these were 10-month-old heifers. So these are virgin heifers that have that are obviously they're in good shape and they're and they're going but uh it's probably two to three months before you even think about breeding those heifers you know we're pulling pulling oocytes out of them making embryos so it's really going to progress your your breeding herd you're gonna you're just gonna step it up that much quicker and then also uh you mentioned about how you how you test the semen for bulls uh and that's obviously in the bull stud business we've done We've had some really high-dollar bulls come in that have went into embryo transfer or IVF a lot this year. And it's so nice, you know, we send that semen up to Bovatech and people say, well, they actually test it? Yeah, they do. And they'll let you, they'll give you a pretty good idea. And I believe you're the only company around that that I know that does this. They're the only one that we send any to to get tested anyway. Yeah, so I would say... Um certainly have heard cases of a few of our competitors doing some, but to the, to the level that we do um, on a, you know, per bull, per a bull per cycle, as an example ratio, I'm sure we do it uh, more than any of our competitors in that regard. So it's great that we have uh, easy access to, to those oocytes, but at the same time, it's, it's really critical that we get it right the first time and that we're not really kind of guessing on a, on a new bull. So we like to uh, prepare to win for lack of a better terminology. We want to make sure that we, we get that right before we, um, before we use those on, on a a client's oocytes. Um, Les, you mentioned about heifers. I want to talk about that a little bit more and Kane, maybe you can shed a little bit of light on this, but when we think about it from the dairy side, I mean, that's, 
a big, big chunk of what we do. Um, about 50% of the, the dairy business that we do is in heifers less than nine months of age. Um, so I tell people on the beef side, um, use our technology with confidence. Uh, I can tell you what we've done on the dairy side. Um, and really when we think about where the elite genetics are within a herd, right? Really optimizing what those heifers can do and what they can do quickly can really uh, decrease your generation interval and make that progress quite quickly. But on the beef side of things, so we had traditionally seen guys kind of dry away from that. We they want to they want a proven cow that has at least had a calf or two on the ground that has sold high or that has won shows. Um, but we've seen now more um, guys on the you know that have a heifer sale as an example that want to really offer their best but also retain some of those genetics. We've right, seen yes. an increase in the last few years in those guys um, really utilizing heifers cane. I don't know if you had any more to elaborate on that, but I know you've seen that as well. And just some guys inquiring about that. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys, especially as of late, that are really impressed with our frozens on how we can maximize the conception rates of our frozen comparatively. You know, um, like you said, Chantel, we do it to the highest standard. Um, and I would put that number in our frozen embryo quality up against anybody, any competitor in the industry, hands down. And it still kind of relates to what you said, Les, it's, is we have these high genetic bulls or these gen bulls that have a lot of genetic value to them. Yeah. We want to maximize what we can get out of them. So being able to going back to talking about how we can test the semen and absolutely maximize for each end of the spectrum on the donor side and the bull side really makes the transparency of the company um, really beneficial to us as a breeder. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Less one more thing in that regard, I think people kind of stray away from heifers or they have a concern maybe about using FSH and heifers or they're concerned that right. the OPU procedure um, is risky in heifers yep. for whatever reason. And um, to not not to say that the procedure is completely without risk, we would say our um, complication rate is about one in a thousand to have a, an adhesion or something like that. So not to say that it's completely without risk, but like I said, um, we do some things on the heifer side of, on the heifer side, basically to, to better accommodate kind of essentially going into a smaller animal. So we have smaller probes that we can use. Uh, we can, we set them up with a, a modified seeder so that they're not having as much stress from that side of things. Um, we will use FSH in heifers. We always use FSH and recommend using FSH. Um, so that's going to be true regardless of that being a heifer or a cow. And I wouldn't expect exposure to FSH to negatively impact heifers. Again, we go back to using the dairy side as a model. Um, there are heifers that we will work 25 to 30 times every two weeks uh, without issue, get them bred. And then by the time they're bred, they're typically you know, less genetically relevant. So we'll rotate them out after that. We don't have a problem working animals consistently every two weeks for a year and getting them bred. Um, so like I said, use, use with confidence um, on that FSH side too. Um, just kind of wanted to set that up a little bit in terms of, of, of using FSH versus not. Um, the ATA data would suggest you get about 2.2 more embryos per collection when you use FSH versus when you do not. Um, 
So when we think about it in terms of having these elite animals and wanting to make as many embryos as possible, um, certainly for us, it's a no brainer to use FSH. Um, and then the other aspect that people don't talk about a lot, and it hasn't necessarily been studied in great detail, because generally, right, you're from one school of thought or another, but um, there was a good study that was presented at the International Embryo Transfer uh, Society meetings, and basically they had about eight to 900 cows in each group, and they were collected under the same labs and conditions, and they did one group with and one group without FSH and the difference um, in pregnancy rate was about a 25% difference in favor of those that were stimulated. That's huge. 25%. Not That's huge. So not only does it impact oocyte numbers, yeah. So not percentage points, but 25% more pregnancies right. than those um, that were stimulated. So it affects everything all throughout. Um, when we think about, again, I feel like kind of a theme in this conversation has been kind of setting up to win, right? So I think about these, you know, the type of producers that we're working with are generally, you know, very elite people that run elite operations that regardless of what they do, they're kind of preparing to win every day. We think of FSH as just kind of another aspect in that, you know, concept of preparing to win. It is a little bit more work, of course, uh, compared to a non-stimulated to go out and give the shots. But when we think about your return on investment in terms of number of embryos and then ultimately number of pregnancies, uh, it's certainly worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You mean made good point there, right there. The return on investment. I mean, uh, yeah, should everybody be going out and pulling their heifers in and doing IVF? No, definitely not. But if you're going to be going and you're spending, you know, I don't know, it's kind of all relative. You're spending five, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars for a heifer, isn't it? Doesn't it make sense? At least it does to me. IVF or have get yourself, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty calves out of her. Hell, maybe before she lays down and has one of her own, you're gonna you're you're getting a return on your investment in a hurry. If you're confident in what you're doing as a producer and buying the right type of animals, you, you see what I'm saying? So to me, it's it's a no-brainer when it comes to this. And then especially, you know, with, yeah, some people, the, the, the other pro, there's other programs maybe a little cheaper, but uh, when have, when is always, you know, you go buy something, you want to do the best, you're, you're spending the money doing it, you want to do everything in your power to make sure you got the best product and the most calves hit the ground. And to me, it's with Bovatech and using the FSH and using their knowledge and uh, getting. It's all about you know calves being born the next year. Exactly. So yeah, uh, it's all relative as being a producer. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And if you're going to go through all the work and put in that effort right. to breed cows and, yeah. and have success in their showing, like we've talked about, Chantel, it's a no-brainer. Like you said, let's yeah. go in there and into IVF and get these genetics and get these mm -hmm. calves on the ground. Exactly that. If you're willing to go the extra mile right. to get them to look good in the show ring, you should be willing to go the extra yeah. mile in terms of getting that genetic value out yeah. of them yeah absolutely so sorry to jump in on you there Chantel but I just felt oh. I felt the urge to say something <laughs> no it's a really good really good point and I think um Les just kind of reiterating on what you said like you said she could have you know 20 calves on the ground before she has her own naturally I think that's another aspect of the IVF process you know sometimes people aren't people who haven't done it aren't fully aware, but we can work, you know, we can work prepubertal heifers. We can work them once they're bred as well. Right. A right, lot of guys absolutely. kind of 
shake their head or uh, look at you kind of funny when we talk about doing them bread. But if we think about it from a, a traditional flushing standpoint, right, we're going into the uterus and flushing embryos out, which obviously we couldn't do with a pregnant animal. But in, in this process, when we do oocyte pickup, we're bypassing the uterus, going directly to the ovaries and pulling those oocytes directly from the ovaries. And because of that aspect, we can do them while they're pregnant. And basically we can do them um, to the point of them being so far along that uh, that pregnant uterus basically migrates too far away from the aspirating veterinarian's hand. So, right. What um, I mean, that, your your time frame on the pregnant ones, Chantel, basically, to my understanding, we're looking at approximately about 100 days bred. You can do them up to, and that kind of depending on the size animal, the breed or whatever, but up to a hundred days bread. A hundred days is really safe. So we yeah. like to see them confirm pregnant 30 days. And then, yeah, just like you said, less, we can, we can work them up to a hundred plus days. So, and your, your veterinarian is going to be able to give you a really good idea yeah. of that too. So if he was in her two weeks earlier, he might say, eh, this might be the last time or next time I go in, I might only be able to reach one ovary. Um, but he'll be able to give you a good yeah. idea of kind of where you are in terms of. Right. Of and yeah, that's that a great point. Cause I think, well, the vet, we work with Dr. Clem Neely with SEK. I think probably we had a customer bring one in, thought she was maybe 90 days bred. And of course, when Clem, he ultrasounds him, you know, at that time she was a hundred, probably just right around a hundred days bred. He thought we could probably do her again. So we did her, he did her twice. And, she, you know, probably last time being about 120 days bred. So, Here's a question. I mean, because with us being an oocyte pickup center, an OPU center, we get questions all the time. People say, I mean, how about the number of uh, oocytes or embryos, you know, for for uh, a virgin heifer are compared to one that's maybe bred 30 to 40 days? Do you notice much difference? Yeah, so actually in very young heifers, so we'll see that more on the dairy side where they're collecting prepubertal animals, but during that prepubertal period, they're actually shedding oocytes. So we actually see more oocytes in very young heifers. And when I say very young, I mean younger than nine months. Mm -hmm. um, and then typically about 10 months of age, a heifer will level out and she'll be very repeatable um, from time to time. So whatever, um, basically antral follicle count is what it's called. Um, so the number of follicles that it an animal has that's very repeatable so if she made 20 the last time she's probably gonna make 20 the next time or or on the the adverse side if she's a lower performer you know and she made five the last time she's probably gonna make five the next time yeah. and there is no amount of fsh you know once we have that piece optimized there is no um amount of FSH that's going to make her go from, you know, five to 25. We'll probably be able to tweak a few things. You know, if she didn't have enough, we can clearly kind of see that from the recording that we do and the, the research that we do on each animal. But, you know, once, once that's maximized, um, like I said, that'll be really repeatable within individual. So it's kind of an interesting thing that we use too, especially when we think about seed stock operations that might have a hundred elite animals to choose from. And then they overlay the, you know, overlay EPD and phenotype to really say, Hey, these are our top 50 or these are our top 25. Um, we we're actually just talking with a seed stock producer here last week. Um, and one of the things that we had suggested, you know, when we think about these bigger populations of donors, you can actually scan those cows at the same time to look at antral follicle count and say you ranked them one through 10, you're, you're going to want to do your top 10 and say your 10th heifer makes 
an average of five oocytes and your 11 PEFR makes an average of 25, well, that might be an easy swap because when you think about it in terms of, of ember production, I mean, she's going to do quite a bit. Number 11 is probably going to do quite a bit better right. in terms of volume of embers produced versus number 10. So yeah. that is another tool that folks can overlay. Um, obviously, that works good when they're selecting from a big pool of animals in months. Okay, uh, how about how about like uh, with the cows uh, post calving, Chantel? What are you seeing? I mean, the ones we did, uh, they were basically, you know, probably at the most forty-five. It's probably between, oh, they were between thirty-five and forty-five days post calving when we did them, and the results on those, we had, uh, oh gosh, uh, when we just did these cows once because we got so many. I mean, we had went one cow. Uh, 23 oocytes, 22 uh, fertilized or frozen embryos, and another one, uh, 15 oocytes, 11 embryos, and then another one, oh gosh, here, hang with me. She did uh, 14 oocytes, 14 embryos, and 12 frozen. So, and those were all three pretty good, uh, just 45 days post-calving. And then also something uh, pretty proud of the team at, uh, at Vogler's and Bovatech and Dr. Clem, we had the record for a cow what was she Chantel? yeah so you guys sent in 23 oocytes and made 23 embryos and all 23 of those were freezable so yeah, we've had a good. few uh donors that have gone 100 percent, but 23 is the highest number that we've ever had go 100%. yeah and the, and the nice the nice thing about that was there was out out of a bowl called remedy and uh a bowl the one yeah. oklahoma city in the summer and we actually well we so we we uh collected the semen Pulled oocytes in the cows, and you guys froze embryos, so uh, we were involved with that a little bit, you know, each step of the way. So with, that's pretty. That was pretty fun. It's pretty so, exciting to see yeah. here. Yeah, but that's that's another thing too. When when you guys, I mean, look at the advantage of IVF has to conventional flushing on these cows that are that are forty. And I and I think we were probably pushing the envelope there at forty five days. Or what are your thoughts on that? So I would say safe, safe, safe bet is 60 days. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, like you said, there's certainly cows. I mean, 45, there's guys that do them, you know, at 30 days with good yeah. success. Yeah. I don't get too worried about probably the overly safe answer is 60 days. Right. But yeah. I'd say you're in probably pretty good shape. Yeah, so you could get, I mean, you could get probably two, two or three IVFs before you could even think about doing a conventional on those type of cows and get them turned around. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Kane, not to switch gears. Well, I'm going to switch gears here just a little bit. So with, with your position with Bovatech, where are you going to actually going to be? What is your role going to be going, going forward? Uh, yeah. With the company. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I never mentioned this earlier, but I'm the beef sales specialist. I accepted okay. that role in May. And a lot of what I tackle is uh, trying to grow our beef business, trying to increase uh, what we can do in terms of bringing people in and how those beef donors do as well. And uh, like Chantel stated, we're pretty pretty deeply rooted in the dairy deal. But at the same time, um, when, you when you talk about the numbers like you guys have for these beef donors and these beef bulls, it's pretty exciting and it's pretty uh, – obvious that there's a demand for it in the industry so a lot of what i do and a lot of what entails my work is tr pretty extensive travel i got mm -hmm. to uh go to about four four or five we as a team we covered five junior nationals this summer yeah. um and that's pretty exciting to get up there we set a booth up and uh, just have the opportunity to to show the brand off and talk to people um talk to potential clients talk to current clients it's it's just a great opportunity to uh 
broaden the uh, Bovatech brand out there, get more eyes on it, and uh, we'll do just some of that of the same here in the fall. Uh, be attending the American Royal, be attending Louisville, okay. um, World Dairy Expo, World Beef Expo, and uh, on into uh, Cattlemen's in Denver. We'll uh, have a split team to try and accomplish that, but it's all about promoting the brand. We really want to market what we're capable of doing because we think and these numbers support that you have here right. in front of us, less is that something that we believe in and it's proven, and uh, we want people to have the opportunity to know that this is this is what they need it to do works. when it comes yeah, to yeah. IDF. That's 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 great to that's great to hear from our perspective. Somebody out actually pushing, you know, promoting the beef the beef part of it. Mm-hmm. So being here in the midwestern states, so I mean, Chantel. Uh, I mean, once again, I'm going to go back. I mean, like I say, people are always asking questions. You mentioned in, when you're first about uh, the different types of semen, the uh, conventional semen, the sex semen, or reverse sorted semen. Uh, you know, they ask how many straws, how many straws does it take, uh, how many embryos, or how many oocytes can I fertilize? Uh, I mean, say you got a conventional straw or a sex or reverse. About about what are your, some types of numbers in there? Sure. So conventional can probably fertilize about as many as you can aspirate in a day. Okay. Knock on wood. Um, so, that conventional yeah. semen goes really far versus when we think about how a sex unit will usually very comfortably cover, cover two to three donors. Um, and then when we think about the reverse side of things, so that just kind of depends on the, the quality of the semen upon thawing and then how well it sorts. So um Basically, when we prep something for reverse sort, it goes through a cleaning process first, and that eliminates about half of the semen. Um, And then we put it through the sorter. And again, depending on kind of the quality of that semen and how many times it's been bought, sold, traded, et cetera, before it gets to us, um, basically it's identifying about half um, about half of that semen. They will not, the machine will not be able to identify with confidence that it's x or y so about half of that just goes straight into the the discard and then that remaining half will be sorted x or y bearing so when we think about a single unit of semen probably the absolute most that we would recover for that for a reverse sort fertilization would be about an eighth of a straw so again it depends on the quality of semen and it depends on how many oocytes the donor gives but i would say um usually about one straw per donor for reverse for reverse sort okay we do like to have another for backup if possible. Like I said, we just see so much variability, um, especially those really popular bulls or bulls that have by <laughs> before it got to us. Um, that can always be a little bit variable. Mm-hmm. So we like to have an extra straw for backup on sorts. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, I mean, so that's something really to consider for the producers when they're going out there because, uh, you know, some of those bulls, uh, you know, the sex semen, uh, is is pretty expensive but if you sit and if you sit back and think so you're saying maybe two or three donors on one straw sex probably one donor on a reverse sort is is mm-hmm. okay yep and there is an additional cost with the reverse sort right. process so if someone is trying to decide between sex or reverse and it's available um i would say do sex uh every time just from one a cost effective standpoint for them but also um, the sex process, because of how it's handled, it's going to be a little bit more consistent. So when we think about that, so 
there's an ejaculate collected, it's sorted, and then it's frozen, right? So if they sort 40, if they collect 40 straws on that sort, as an example, we can test one and make assumptions about how the other 39 will perform. Um, the reverse sort is essentially a little bit of a new process every time. So even if we're using yeah. a straw from the same bowl, the same lot, it might act a little bit differently than it did the last time. So sext is going to be cheaper and probably a little bit more repeatable right. absolutely and, and 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 one thing about that people need to remember too just like you'll see with your sex semen you're still there's no guarantees you're still you know i tell people you know on when they sell you this they'll tell you 90 percent, but i'll tell people anywhere between 80 and 90 percent. you know nothing when they go messing with that uh, nothing is nothing can be guaranteed you're going to it's going to get strictly heifers or bulls so people need to remember that so, but that's, that's interesting because people are always saying how many, how many, you know, sex seam and reverse ordered or, or how many straws and stuff. So that's, that's, that's great information, Chantel. Sure. Now I'm kind of going to go back to something else here. And this goes back to the FSH and I'm sorry, I kind of skip around. It's just the way my brain works. Not very good sometimes, but the protocol with Bovitech right now is, I mean, even with other companies that do it, there may be a level of FSH they're giving that cow. And then we have the Bovitech way where it's, it's given over two and a half or, th- or basically about six different doses. And then obviously you have another company that doesn't do any FSH. And so there are, I mean, there's, there's differences just because you're giving your cow FSH, not all protocols are, are created equal, are they? Sure. That's a really good point, Les. And actually kind of what we're trying to do. So if you look at what the cow naturally prior to ovulation, basically she's having an FSH spike about every 12 hours for three to four days prior to that LH surge and then ovulation. And so what we're trying to do is mimic that time frame as closely as possible without making guys go crazy, right? So probably a, a really ideal uh, shot schedule would be more eight shots, but that's why we go with the six shot. It more closely mimics what the cow does than say a one shot. Um, and like I said, in those 12 hour intervals, we're really trying to mimic what the cow would do naturally prior to ovulation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, and that's what we've noticed too. And people, you know, we, cause we're doing the, the six shots and whatever. And, and quite honestly, the cows, the way your system is set up, the way our system is set up, they run in there. They just, you know, it's like clockwork and really easy. We can give, I have probably 20, 20 cows shots in maybe less than 10 minutes. You know, they just, they, they funnel right in there and they're nice and quiet. So, which makes, makes a huge difference in the handling of the cows and stuff. So, uh, and then obviously we're seeing in the results that, uh, with Bovatech and with Dr. Clem Neely coming up and, and pulling over sites at Vogler. So, uh, the results have been, what have we been doing now, Chantel? This is our, we're just kind of starting our third season. I think uh, that we've been connected yeah. with you guys. So, yeah. And uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of us, but it's been, we've had really good results so far and just kind of going to that, just some, some of, uh, I can just speak for myself, some because I follow it, some of our preg rates, I've sent uh, a bunch of, well, a lot of these embryos here that were out of some heifers, some 10-month-old heifers, I sent to a Western producer and they're in a really severe drought situation this year. And he he had uh, some IVF embryos that we sent him. And uh, he, so he's, he's had Bovitech and, and two or three other companies' embryos. And right now, the Bovitech IVF embryos that we sent him are his uh, best-performing group right now. So right now, out there in uh, 
Like I said, he's in severe drought, and we're still sitting, and these embryos are probably, oh, we're probably pushing, oh, gosh, I don't know, probably 100 days right now, and we're sitting uh, right around 53% pregnancy rate on these. So we're pretty much in the safe safe zone for, mo- for most of them. Uh, and the closest competitor right now is probably about at about 10% lower, about 45%, and the lowest is down to about 32%. So the Bovitex are really right. are really kicking kicking butt in the western part of the United States. Right. So thanks for sharing that last. Yeah. Um yeah, I would say generally kind of the reports that we hear, um, fresh and frozen are gonna be similar. When we think about our frozens, we're really cherry picking those best embryos to freeze. So we really don't see a big difference between our fresh and frozens. And like I said, we're making an embryo that's a lot more like an in vivo embryo, better preparing it for the freezing process. So that's that also gives us an advantage to avoid some of the, the damage from the freezing process. But we're we're seeing between 50 and 60% pretty repeatable um amongst producers and Kane, I don't know if you want to share with what we heard on Thursday. That was pretty good to be on the road and hear that. Yeah, we had a really good trip up there and uh got to meet with a couple people and and really listen to it. But uh you know, there's some people that are really surprised with our success rate of our frozen embryos. But it's like Chantel said, we are we're primarily going in and we are taking those highest quality ones to freeze and therefore we get the best conception rates out of it at the end of the day as well. And that's why it's so competitive in terms of uh being compared alongside of our uh, fresh embryos. But uh, when we get the opportunity to go on the road and visit with these people and, and hear maybe their discourse in terms of how their IVF, how they perceive the IVF experience and being able to go in there and uh, talk with them about how confident we are in what we do in terms of with our frozen and fresh embryos, it's really uh, refreshing is what the term I used uh, to go in there and listen to kind of be able to reassure them uh, the quality that they're going to get at the end of the day. Absolutely yeah. awesome. So, I mean, Chantel, Kane, anything else you kind of want to add to this discussion today? Yeah, Les, maybe could you, so you talked about this kind of this fall would be, March will be three years and kind of since we started together. If you wouldn't mind kind of maybe explaining a little bit of the progression and then how you moved east and if yeah. you guys haul anything from out west. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Great. Yeah. When we first started, uh, of course, I've been I've known Chantel, you know, basically, you know, known her since she's been growing up in Tecumseh and have been in contact with her when she uh, when she's, you know, when she was at Colorado State and, and moving on. Uh, then when she got with Bovatech and I always thought myself ha- as a business owner or our family as a business owner, you know, you always want to surround yourself with people that are a hell of a lot smarter than you. Well, in our case, that's not hard. But we, we 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 went we went for we went for that when we when we look for somebody we go for the top and we thought we thought Chantel and Bovatech were the were the top were the top group to go for so we had a discussion with Chantel and she uh, she introduced with introduced us to uh, Dr. Clem Neely and and Don Coover from SEK down in Kansas and at that time uh, we had just opened Nebraska Bowl Service in McCook and had a have a beautiful facility out there and we had one barn that maybe wasn't getting utilized uh, up to its potential so we went ahead and uh, came to an agreement and we started the uh, the OO site center out in McCook Nebraska and that went that went great uh, fortunately and unfortunately our bull business expanded. I mean, it blew up out there. We went from, uh, 
maybe having 100 bulls to now we can have 180 bulls. And like I said, there's 80 there right now in the middle of the summer. So, we, we you know, I thought, dang, we, we're not going to give up the oocyte thing. Let's just move it back to Ashland because we had the labor there and the facility there that wasn't getting utilized. So we thought, let's move it. We moved it back to Ashland. And it's, quite honestly, it's it's, it's performed better than Ashland than I ever thought it would. And uh, we do, we, we provide a service for our Western customers where we will haul their heifers or cows back to the Ashland facility and then take them back out to McCook. And that is of no charge to our customers. So, uh, and that's, that's a great that's opportunity work, yep, right there. That's worked, that's worked quite well for us. And, uh, I don't. I don't have an exact number amount of cows that we ran through, but it's it's growing all the time, and the producers uh, are really starting to see, you know, the Bovatech difference. You know, yeah, there's there's other places that are cheaper, but uh, it's all about what you. Like I said, just wait and tell me what you're going to get for calves on the ground next year. Let's talk. Let's talk after you put the embryos in. Let's see where we're at, and then 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 we'll sit down. We'll sit down and have a conversation. I think like. Uh, Chantel says one of her sayings is uh, the conversation is is different at the winner's table, right? <laughs> so let's sit down. Let's sit down and talk. Uh, and I, I hate to lose. I like to win, Chantel. So that's why that's kind of why we hooked up with hooked up with you. And, and, and now Kane, glad to have Kane on the Bo, on the team Bovatech. Uh, and I can't speak highly enough of Dr. Clem Neely. Uh, S.E. Kane, he is he is doing an outstanding job, you know, pulling those sites. There's, you know, I don't know if I, you know, I, my trust level with him is a hundred percent. He is so good. Uh, just really, really appreciate that man. Yep. So, I certainly love Clem. I enjoyed my time with him, and yeah. I, I, he's he's one of the best. Yeah, he's simple. He's great. We, I mean, and and Doctor Cooper that works with Clem. He's he's man. The guy makes me nervous. He can he, he's a wonderful guy, but Clem is so easy going. Don's sitting in there, look, you know, looking at ice, and it's pretty warm in these rooms. And oh man, you want to get in there and start talking politics, and it really gets hot. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I mean, anything else, Chantel? I think we I think we probably got enough people to information to kind of keep them, you know, at least get them intrigued and make some phone calls if they want to. And uh, yeah. And uh, you're, like you say, Kane, you guys are going to be at uh, Kansas City. Yep. You're going to be in in Denver and splitting it with Oklahoma City. You're going to be at the, the Wisconsin State Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, World Dairy Expo, World, World Dairy Beef Expo, Expo and, awesome. uh, and the North American in Louisville. Awesome, awesome. So, Chantel, how, I mean, how? just get hold of you through uh, Bovatech if somebody wants to get really into the details about all this stuff. You can check us out on our website at www.bovatech.com. On there, we've got everybody's contact info. So you can contact the lab directly or all my information is listed there as well. My email and my cell phone, if you need to get a hold of me directly. Um, also, we have a Facebook page. We're pretty active posting where we're going to be. Uh, great results, tips on how to handle donors and recips. So if you um, get a chance, follow us on Facebook as well. You can get a lot of good information there too. And if you see, if you happen to bump into me at a show or anything, and you have any questions and I can't answer it, I got as you guys have listened to, I've got a really intelligent boss ahead of me that knows a lot more than I do when it comes to some of this stuff. So um, if you see me as well, I can always get that information to uh, Chantel just the same. Perfect, perfect. So, all right, Chantel, Kane, thank you so much for uh, coming you, in the bull, coming into the bullpen today. Uh, and folks, if you have any questions, uh, get contact me at uh, Vogler Siemens Center. 
Nebraska-Bullservice.com, NebraskaBullService.com. Uh, the number for Ashland uh, is 402-944-2584, and you can talk to Mel or talk to myself. Uh, give me a call, and we'll be more than happy to set your cows up, uh, get them started in the IVF program. Uh, and it's been been kind of a hot summer, but we are getting ready to uh, kind of crank things up here in the in the fall and winter and uh, and get going i think it's a great way to uh progress your herd and use your genetics to their top potential uh and uh we'd be more than more than happy to work with you or explain anything uh anything going down the road with using uh using the bovitech the ivf system so uh, thanks again folks and we'll talk to you later a huda media production